everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Breaking Western Podcast Season Four. Oh, we did the same note. Four. (laughs) (laughs) Going for broke. We are talking about what it means to be a mindful consumer in a world where there's a lot of choices. One of those choices is who we're talking to today. (laughs) And she's a great choice. And she's a really good choice. For any color in the rainbow, as we saw in her most recent post, which I'm obsessed with. Yeah, we've got a we've got Jen McLean here. She is the owner, curator, really kind of feels like a clothing encyclopedia or like a clothing historian <laughs> behind a shot from the past. Which is still really cool to say that out loud because she's been one of our She's been on our list for two or three seasons. <laughs> yes, big yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time. So in case you haven't heard of it, A Shot from the Past is home to some of the baddest and raddest vintage Western wear <laughs> that you can find, especially on Instagram. Um, she also has, I would say, the closet of our dreams that oh, we yeah. sometimes get glimpses of on Western Wednesdays, although we hear she has a pretty cool, like, athleisure loungewear <laughs> 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 as well. <laughs> I'm good now that I'm comfortable in my athleisure wear. Um, <laughs> took off this navy suit and now I'm comfortable. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's fun to be here. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for being here, literally. And it's Wednesday today when we're recording this. It worked so out. That and feels and it's Patsy Klein's birthday. It's oh, She's a Virgo? I had no idea. Virgos. Wow. Yeah, and I'm a Virgo, too. Oh, I, my whoa. Birthday is Saturday. <laughs> whoa. Whoa. Did you say it's a big Saturday? one for me. I'm sorry, what? When is your birthday? <laughs> my birthday's on Saturday, uh, 9-11. Hey, happy yeah. birthday. birthday. Thank you. Big one. Birthday. I'm turning I'm turning 40 this year. Big 40. Oh, we do. Yeah, girl. Are you I one know. of those people I that was that. dreading that transition or you're excited about it? You sound excited. Oh, I love it. I, I think yeah. it's great. I, I never had any problems getting older. Like, I, you know, it's all, thankfully, you know, my mom was really great. She always told me, you know, I earned these wrinkles. I'm like, yeah, I sort of feel the same way, but like at least she set me up to like not fear the like physical aging, like the mental aging stuff is only good, you know, so yeah. yeah. I mean, I probably uh, won't be saying that when I'm turning 60 or 70, but you know. <laughs> you won't even remember you said this. It's totally That's fine. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Hey, when you work in the vintage world, though, everything just gets better with time. Ooh, that is ideas. true. See, it's already setting me up for success. <laughs> so speaking of vintage, you are one of the queens of it. How did you get started with your, I'm just only going to assume, immense love of vintage clothing, of love for Western wear? Like, what got you into this? What got me in? You know, um, I, it's funny, and I think a lot of people who end up doing passion projects and things that they love, like, they, we tend to not start out in this, in the field that they end up in. I 100%. Uh, never wanted to be my own boss. Like, I always loved the 
ability to work for someone else and leave my work at work. I was a, a psychology major. Sorry, if that's loud in the background, I'm so sorry. Dump truck is passing by. You're going to Sorry about that. Um, wow. Can't, can't get away from it. Um, the, uh, so, but I started, uh, the, I started doing like retail when I was really young, like in clothing. And then I moved to LA on like a whim. I'm from Utah. I'm from Salt Lake City. And, um, I moved to LA for a denim company called G Star. Um, they are a great company. Um, definitely not anything that I've been wearing recently, but um, definitely started me out in that world. So it's at least worth mentioning. And then I moved back to Salt Lake where I did visual merchandising for Nordstrom, which was actually really helpful for me in this field because it taught me how to uh, do a dress form. I did all of the men's suiting in Nordstrom on their mannequin forms. So um, it really helped me learn how to actually properly tack a a shirt or a suit to a form. Um, And then I moved to New York City where I had a couple of wholesale jobs working uh, in in, um, some showrooms. And I actually started working for a company that did a lot of uh, organic and ethically uh, uh, produced uh, clothing, uh, Rogan and Loomsday and things like that. And then after that, I started working for What Goes Around Comes Around. And I have to probably highlight that job as being the most influential for me. I um, I, I was always interested in vintage. I've always worn vintage clothing. I've always sourced my clothes from thrift stores or online or, um, uh, you know, my interest was always based on 1950s, 1960s. My dad was always playing, you know, those, you know, that kind of music at our home. So it got me really into it. And I feel like clothing and music go hand in hand. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like those two together make the perfect marriage as well. So I feel, uh, you know, I feel like I kind of should tell this story. Sorry if I'm going to hop around. I do this a lot. Sorry. Hop away. Okay. I'm feeling froggy, Joe. I, <laughs> I, um, my dad, uh, so back in the day, like, I was, like, maybe 11 uh, when this happened. And I remember being really, really obsessed with the movie Back to the Future. <laughs> and Iconic. Right. And they go to the, like, dance. I think it's called the Enchantment Under the Sea Dance. I was flipping out over the dresses. Like, I wanted a full skirt. I wanted a poodle skirt. I wanted, you know, something. And I think at that time I was invited to go to a, like, father-daughter dance, and it was a sock hop. And I was like, I had it, it – I had it in my mind. I was like, I am going to wear a poodle skirt. Like, I need to look like I'm from Back to the Future. And I remember going to, like, JCPenney and, like, you know, Mervyn's or whatever store was available to me in Salt Lake City in the 80s and early 90s, I guess it would have been. And, uh, yeah, obviously no poodle skirts. Um, so I was like, I'm gonna, I am going to make one. So I learned how to sew, and I learned how to I, – I made a poodle skirt for myself um, to go to the sock hop. And 
I think that that was like really what got me. Like I remember wearing the skirt and I would like twirl. It was like the best feeling, like putting on something and then listening to the music and dancing. You know, there was something really amazing about that whole thing for me. And it got me hooked, like, age 11, I was done. Like, I was like, okay. And then I found out, like, you could actually find real poodle skirts. That'd be mind-blowing. <laughs> Jeez, it was like, I need to own all of them in every color. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, so fast forward into the future, and I'm wearing, um, and I'm working at uh, What Goes Around Comes Around, which if anyone uh, if anyone doesn't know what that company is, it's a great company. It's a vintage company. Uh, they're based in New York. I think that they have a store or maybe a showroom now. They used to have a store in L.A., um, but it's all high-end, really collectible vintage. I think they now focus on, like, designer, so, like, Chanel and stuff like that. But at the time when I was there, they were doing, you know, Really lovely uh, 1940s dresses, 1950s, and it, anything from, like, the 1920s up until the 1970s, I think they would really cap it. Um, and I got my real background there on how to properly date items, um, how to, like, categorize them properly, how to care for them, like, what you know, different kind of fabrics, when fabrics were introduced, uh, and... And uh, I really, really loved working for them. Um, and then after that, I started working for Levi's Vintage Clothing. So I started learning more about the denim world and the vintage uh, denim, like where that was brought into uh, America and Americana cult- like, culture. Uh, and and then, <laughs> yeah. sorry, I've got a lot of like history on like where I like, have worked, it's been a lot of clothing. Like, um, it's an iconic resume. It truly is. is it? <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> Am I hired? <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so after that, I moved uh, to LA, where I went full like 180 and started working uh, wholesale again for. Uh, a motorcycle company. Um, okay. Yeah. It, they're called Deus. They're from Australia. Um, and it was, a, it, I only bring up like, it was such an important company that I worked for just because it also changed like how my personal life, it, like uh, how my work involves my personal life. I learned a lot about marketing it, at Deus because Deus is a company where they have so many facets. It's, it's motorcycles, surfing, clothing, uh, liter- like, I mean, they have literally every genre of, like, active, you know, what you could be, like, uh, or what you could do with your time, you know, anything that's, like, enjoyable, that's active, like, they participate in. So, um, but, yeah, like, so, but how do you market a company like that? You know, it's very, very difficult. So, you, I learned that, People really want to discover things. They don't want to be sold things. That was probably like my main takeaway from that company. And I have really loved utilizing that with my own shop. All of these places gave me a lot of tools to form my own shop, you know. Um, I know a lot of people that like to, that want to start out 
uh, selling on Instagram or starting their own shop. And I'm always 100% supportive of anyone doing it. I just think that there's a lot that goes into it beyond just being able to source really good things. Um, And uh, that company helped me a lot with that. Um, Then I worked for Red Wing Heritage for a while, (laughs) where I did – I helped launch the women's line. (laughs) Uh, It was not tough. Yeah, I helped – I was one of the sales reps that helped launch, launch the women's line and then did some marketing stuff with them. And then I started this shop. <laughs> okay, so, so is um, that all? Is that like, that's is all that's it? <laughs> <laughs> but you've spent all of this time working for this wide array of companies. You've gained all of this mm-hmm. experience. You know what you're passionate about. What were the first items that you found that you thought, I'm going to turn this into a business. Like I give these back to the people. How did that start? So this is actually pretty funny. Um, I Okay, so I should back up just a tiny bit. And uh, So I'm a mom. I have two kids. Um, and they're amazing. Dottie and Hank. Hank Williams oh. and Dottie Merle. <laughs> so... Yeah, they're 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 darling, and they'll probably hate country music. Like, them up for that. <laughs> they're like only techno mom. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so I was living in Ventura, California. Um, I uh, was married after my daughter was born um, to my lovely husband Jason. And he worked in L.A., so it was kind of a commute. I was in Ventura. I had just had my son, Hank, and I was – he was a really, like, difficult newborn. (laughs) Like, shout out. (laughs) Mommy loves you. (laughs) Like, colic, never sleeping, like, you know, poor kid. He was just really uncomfortable. So – I'm getting zero sleep. I'm doing nothing but, like, changing diapers, like, new mom stuff, breastfeeding mom stuff. You know what I mean? Like, it's all just, like, and it's just me and this toddler darling girl and this little, like, boy who's, like, suffering. (laughs) And I am, like, I need to do something other than talk about diapers and, like, how much you kids are eating I am losing my mind because, like, before that, like, I had been so independent and, like, you know, um, was, like, camping every weekend on my motorcycle, like, going, like, you know, to Moab, like, going and doing amazing things, like, by myself. And then I'm, like, at home, hyper-focused on these, like, two amazing but, you know, time-consuming humans. And I'm, like, I need to, like, do something where I'm, like, communicating with other people not about this because <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to lose myself to just whirlwind baby zone. Um, so I actually started just going through my closet and selling on my personal page, uh, which is Jen from the past. Um, so the shop from the past is actually just a play on my personal account name. Um, and I, had some really great uh, people following me who followed me followed me for motorcycle stuff, but they also clearly were into vintage. 
And uh, I started posting some of my Western stuff on there, and that started gaining a lot more attention. And I didn't want to annoy, like, all my family and stuff that followed me on my personal. So I was like, I'm just going to change. Like, I'm going to do a separate shop. Like, I'll just name it something separate. And I 100% never, ever planned on making this, like, a business. Like, it was never – it was like, if you're asking when was, like, that item or when was that moment, that, like – Maybe it happened, and I, it was already happening, and I was like, oh, I guess this is happening. Like, <laughs> I don't, like, I, I wasn't making, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't making a lot of money or anything at, 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 to begin with. I genuinely was doing it because of my love for vintage and my love for communicating and creating a community talking about things other than the day-to-day hardships of motherhood. I mean, I love talking about that stuff now, <laughs> and I will talk about it non-stop with other people, but, like, yeah, that's why I started the shop, so, um, and then, yeah, uh, definitely snowballed from there. <laughs> so, one of the things that I didn't realize, and to be honest with you, you are one of our most shared accounts between Abby and I's personal really? pages. Yes. Oh. <laughs> like, we send each other... <laughs> Probably every item. You're one of the only people I have posts and story notifications turned on for. Yep. Same and I really? still miss oh, it awesome. every time. I still miss it. It's so immediate. It's so immediate, <laughs> as it should be. Yes. But for Got some it. of us lazy people, it's sad. <laughs> it's shocking to me, too. And I try my best to, like, mix up the times I post. Or sometimes I'll do sneak peeks. I try my best to, like, change things up so that, it gives other people a chance, you know, and I really do believe that things end up in the right hands. And yeah. if they don't, I've created a way that if they can um, for the people that have bought things and they like say they don't fit or they didn't take the right measurements or something like they can pass to the person that's back up behind them. So it mm-hmm. creates this really lovely shared experience um, and a way to pass those things on so that they don't just become waste. So, yeah. Um, I I think like it's turning on the post notifications. Yeah, that helps. I I uh, the marketing things I tried. I I started out with like I've decided to do completely organic marketing on mine. And I know a lot of people choose to do a lot of different things uh, to help grow their shops. I personally never. My ambition was never to grow my shop. It was only to cater to those who found me. So. Um, I didn't care how many followers I had. Uh, of course, it, it's really lovely and nice to think, wow, like there's 20,000 people looking at this <laughs> one thing. That's amazing, you know. Um, it's a little shocking to me uh, and overwhelming at times, but I really am, you know, honored in a way that and flattered that uh, things that I have always been told, like, my whole life, I was told uh, that I dressed, you know, funny, or people would be like, oh, I couldn't get away with that. You look cute, but I couldn't do that. And I'm like, uh, that's, that's an insult. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that should be a PSA. Yeah. Don't say that to people. Oh, you it's look not so nice. Good. 
That's not nice. That's super backhanded. <laughs> it is, right? Thank you. When people yeah. um, be like, oh, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> but, also, but also you could wear that if you wanted to. So. <laughs> you 100% could wear whatever you want. You just put yeah. it on and wear it, right? No like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, my whole life being told that, like, I, I genuinely was like, I guess I kind of do have weird taste or something. And then I, it was really, like, self-affirming, I guess, like, that I would put something up that I really loved. And everything I post is something that I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not trend-based. It's just based on what I see and I think fits into this shop, you know, and that I love. Um, and uh, it's so nice to see that other people like it, too, <laughs> you know? That so, is real, that's really? really a thing of beauty, and especially that you've created an entire community of people who's just as passionate about what you're passionate about, and that's why they follow along. Um, I yeah. really want to talk to you about intentionality, because I yeah. mentioned that before. Um, mm-hmm. And I think sometimes it's easy to look at someone with a big platform or somebody who has already received a certain, like, achieved a certain level of success and kind of forget mm-hmm. about how intentional it's still everything they're doing still is. Um, mm-hmm. And so for you, I know recently you've been talking more about your process behind curating all your items. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think it's easy too with like thrift stores becoming more prevalent or sites like eBay um, to think that you just kind of like happen upon these really cool vintage items and all you have to do is find them and post them, and and then they sell. But your work mm-hmm. was a lot deeper than that. So could you tell us more? <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I <laughs> I feel like um, the process behind that is, you know, when I find a piece that I really like, and and I have to say, like, whenever I do those Q and A things, the most asked question is like, where do I find it? And and just to like broadcast, like I, I really do find things everywhere. I do have a few people that all they do is pick. They don't pick just for me, but they pick for other types of clothes or they sell to, you know, showrooms or to, you know, um, to stylists and stuff. And they, they work with me on some Western pieces and I buy from them. And then I, I also buy, um, online, just like every other seller does, uh, eBay, Poshmark, Depop, it's great to look at those places. I also go to estate sales. I also go to thrift stores. Um, so just to answer that, like, globally, <laughs> like, I feel like, uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I can't, like, say where I got a specific piece. Also, I should say, I do do consignment. So if there are pieces that you have, like, from other, like, you know, that are vintage that fit into the Western wear category, I'm happy to look. I I give a great rate for people that want to sell their pieces so that they don't go to waste. Like, I I love that. Um, But as far as, like, my process behind everything, like, the restoration of, like, pieces, like, I really – it's, like, that's, like, my – like, if I could do that all day, like, I probably would. I absolutely love, love, love to restore a piece. 
I know how to do some minor sewing. Uh, like I'm not in any sort of way a fine tailor. I have a really great tailor here that I work with when there's things that are a little bit more torn up. But if it's like a seam, I can fix it. Um, things like that, basic things, sewing on buttons. Uh, but I do do a lot of cleaning. Um, and sometimes it's really, really tricky. Like, for example, I had a ranch made suit, uh, like one of the suits I just posted today that it's a rayon gabardine, but there's leather. There's a deer, uh, like buckskin fringe on it. You cannot get the buckskin wet. It will harden and dry up and then the pieces not destroyed, but I mean, it, it isn't in its original form. So, you know, you have to find ways around that. I, I had this yellow suit and I literally took a, a rag, dumped it in water and like hand stroked the rayon until it was clean, you know? And like, it took me days and I didn't make a penny on the suit. Like, but it brought me so much pleasure. Like, and, and yeah, people might look at that and go, wow, that was like, you know, a suit that cost like $700, $800. But, um, I did, I paid a lot for it. And then I paid, like, I, my time to fix it was also, you know, not accounted for in that, you know, so a lot of times I really don't even make much money on these higher priced items because of the time that it takes to restore them. But I get so much soul food <laughs> from it, you know, that uh, it's worth it to me. I love, absolutely love seeing a piece restored and then put on someone and it being sent out, you know, into the world to be loved again, you know, because if a piece Aww. isn't restored, it will, it will fall apart. Like it will, I, I know I'm talking about these things like they're alive, but really to me, they start feeling that way. Like I talk, I'm like, you poor thing, let me fix you, you know? Angela's heard me go on, on this rant like many times. Um, I'll just go off about like a handmade mug or like a dishware and like, this is like, it's like holding someone's hand. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. But the, but the more that you yourself as a consumer get intentional and think about it, like, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid now. Like, yes, I would buy a handmade mug, all right, over my yeah. little TJ Maxx purchase. <laughs> so, 100%. And, like, you can feel that difference when you put on a piece. Like, for me, each piece feels different when you put it on, you know. Mm. So, um, I can really see that even like it's a, it's kind of a joke like you're I'm holding the hand of the person that made it, but really like it's really it's amazing. Real. These, oh. It is it is it feels it feels really good to put on something that has some history, um, and even the newer stuff. You know, it's you feel good about the choices that you made. Um, not purchasing something that's fast fashion mm. or that's you know. Um, going to be just thrown into a, a dumpster and and then in like one time of wearing it, you know, like it's really important to be intentional about where and how you spend your money because, you know, I know we wanted to get into this, but like, you know, with fast fashion, like uh, uh, it's one of the major pollutants of, of the environment and, like globally it's it's i think it's second or third third i think of like what's the most and like an industry that's the most that's polluting their, our environment so 
And that's yeah, something that I didn't realize. Like, Abby is, what do you want to call yourself? A sewist, seamstress, designer, clothing maker um, from start to finish. And so I've learned a lot about fabric making, or not fabric making, but that too, <laughs> through you, like yeah. what fabrics are made of, rather. And even down to, like, if I have stained something, because I am probably one of the most accident-prone self-destructive people when it comes to just wearing something and keeping it clean and so Mm -hmm. Abby's taught me a lot about like if something is a poly blend how much harder it is to get clean than Mm -hmm. something that's a more natural fiber and then like okay if you have plastic in your fibers and then this is getting washed out in your washing machine and going into the ocean and it's just this terrifying thing that I don't think people realize when they look at a $14.99 price tag on a sweater from you know, said boutique here. Yep. Yeah. And I think that that's the important thing of being a mindful consumer, right? You, there are, you might be paying a cheaper price tag like up front, but there is a bigger price on the tail end of that. And, and, and actually it's just not even worth it. Like you can 100%, you can find things that are your style for the price that you can afford that's secondhand. Or there are great resources for, like, clothing swaps or renting mm-hmm. clothes. Like, there's those buy-nothing groups on Facebook, even, that are, like, it's a great way to join, like, up in a community. There's just always options what, beyond. What, what is a buy-nothing group? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so they're really great groups. Like, you can find them on Facebook or sometimes there's, you know, the places that I've seen them on are Facebook. Um but if you just search, like, in your area, buy nothing group, uh, and you search in the search tab, like, uh, clothing, there usually are, like, bins where, you know, you can put in a couple of items, and then you take out a couple of items, and it's all just ah. in your community free. I mean, sometimes you won't find anything, but if you have something that you were going to give, like, to a donation center anyway, instead of the chance of it being, like, put you know, in a waste pile anyway, which is, you know, 95% of items that are put in donation bins are actually, you know, waste anyway. Um, they don't, they don't get to sell them. So it's, it's worth it to just try to find things locally. And if you can't afford it, there's ways to do it for free. So there's really no reason to buy things at you know, these retailers that are, might be charging less for these, like, trend items, but you'll get maybe one or two wares out of it, and then, yeah. Well, and that's something I didn't realize about uh, the, like, donation centers or resale stores is that you do have to be still donating quality items. Like, Mm -hmm. if it's something you're getting rid of because it's trashed, then don't you know, give it to Goodwill or Salvation Army. Like, if it has holes in it, if it's stained, if it's ratty, then, you know, then that garment has lived its life. Mm-hmm. Um, but There's other ways to repurpose it, too. Exactly. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so yeah, like, that's another part of being intentional about our clothing and the choices that we make. Yeah, and vintage, you know, buying vintage is, like, I recognize that my vintage that I sell on my page might be a little bit higher end of in that in that category, I'm just trying to encourage, like, if there's a way to encourage people to be mindful about where they're spending their money, there's definitely ways to 
find the things that you love um, in a way that's not going to be harmful. Um, but in the when you're when you're going to get an item that is you know a higher priced item, you will be able to it will maintain its value. That's the thing about vintage too, especially vintage that has um, some history or was made by a you know everyone says nudie suit. Um, when nudie, you know, like legitimately, I think I've only seen one nudie suit ever, <laughs> like in like 10 years of searching for Western wear. Like I, I, I never find nudie suits. So nudie, you know, was a designer. I'm, you guys know this. I'm sure a lot of your listeners know this, but for the people that don't, um, nudie was a designer and he made, you know, pieces for, you know, Dolly Parton, Porter Wagner, Elvis's gold suit, um, and he was a very famous, famous designer, uh, and uh, his pieces are collectible, very, you know, they're considered works of art, you know, as they should be, um, but his suits are named nudie suits because he was the one that made them. Right. Um, yeah, there's people that make chain stitch embroidered Western suits with rhinestones, but they sh- in my, this might be me nitpicking, like, but they're not nudie suits. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Like, someone writes me and they're like, can you find me a nudie suit? I'm like, I can't. I'm sorry. Oh, I can't, like, I can't ever find them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you have $25,000, maybe. Yeah, what's your budget? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> but, um, yeah, they really should be treated as works of art, and they will be – they really will maintain their value and actually are investments. They really are. I have a really great customer who truly sees her collection as a, as an investment. And if you hold on to that, like it's just worth it. And you, and you take care of it, which she does. She does a great job. Like it's just worth its weight in gold really eventually. Like if you ever sold it or donated it or to a museum or something, you know, it's, they yeah, are pieces of art. That, yeah, they were never never inexpensive by any means. You know, pieces like this have always been somewhat costly, but they are an investment. You're so right, because while they age, in so many ways they're timeless. And mm-hmm. if you take the proper care of them, you're right, those are garments that will, you know, outlive their their original wear and pass, be passed on. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I'd never, ever want to be the person that takes something that's been around for 80 years, like off this planet. Like that's just like, it's heartbreaking to me to think about, you know, so I do have like my feelings on like, you know, whether or not you should, you know, alter, heavily alter, you should always alter pieces for yourself. I, I'm not the person that believes like, don't change how things fit. Like, no, make it fit you, you know, but don't like, turn it into shorts, you know, <laughs> like, these these <laughs> pants into shorts, you know, like, don't completely like change degree. what the item is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Have some, exactly, that's a great word for it, integrity, like, yeah. <laughs> use integrity with the piece that you're, you know, that you're collecting, so. Because yeah. today, no matter who it was, someone made that, whether that was oh. nudie, whether that was, like, an independent maker you know small maker whether make that farm was, creative original <laughs> or if it yes. is a, a, garment, a garment worker somewhere on the other side of the world like 
this is still someone's valuable time and hard work and their life that they've put into into what we put on our bodies every day. And I think they should be treated accordingly. Oh my God. I agree. Okay. I agree. Amazing. Love that. Jen, <laughs> tell everybody where to find you on the social medias. I'm just at, at shop from the past. That's, that's me. I do not have a website. I get asked a lot if I will have a website. Maybe one day. I, he doesn't even I, need I have one. no plans. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like if I needed one, then maybe I would go that route. But honestly, like I, I really, really love connecting with people. Um, that was why I started it. That's why I'm still doing it, you know? So it's really nice to me to be able to chat one-on-one with the person that bought the item, you know, like I want to hear how it fit them after I want to see them like tag the picture, you know, like I love, Oh, and even seeing it like face to face, like, uh, like um, a couple weeks ago, uh, my friend Taylor um, was on tour with her boyfriend, who's Charlie Crockett and his mm. band all, they bought a few things for me when they came through and it was the sweetest thing. Um, his name's Cullen, who's in the band, and his, on Instagram he's L Saddle. If anyone gets a chance, go look him up. But he um, he put on this suit that I had brought like down. She had actually brought it for Charlie, but uh, he put it on. And he walked out of the tour bus, and you should have just seen his face. Like it was like the sun came out and like it was shining, and he, like it was just amazing and that literally like that right there like that that's why I love doing this you know um and you know he wore it on Austin City Limits and I'm seeing it and I'm and I'm like this dude gets to live this life now it's so great you know um where before it was just you know hanging on a rack <laughs> I've never even worn so from the 1970s to now so it's really cool I'd love to see it uh yeah, love to see it. Uh, okay, well, everyone, if you're not following Jen, make sure you head over to Shop from the Past on Instagram. If you are following Jen and you've bought some of her stuff, you're welcome. Tag her in the photo. <laughs> yes. Post the photo. Yes. Tag her in it and tag us because we want to see it too and be really jealous. And then turn off your post notifications so I can get the next one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jen, thank you so much for being on today. This was honestly thank such you. a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> so much fun to talk to you guys. I love what you're doing. All of the work that I've heard from other podcasts. Love Hunter Old Elk and like, oh, everything that they out. said. Oh, so good. That was Ooh. actually like the kicker that made me go like, yeah, I want to talk oh. about this stuff. So, yeah. I have you to know before. Thank you. Before Oh, you're so, thank you. I have to know before we sign off, what is your stingray material? There's an episode <laughs> with Jake who's Yes, been, I listened to it. Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, so what is like the bane of your existence? The bane of my existence. Oh jeez. <laughs> I got it. So um <laughs> poly <laughs> So polyester suits, which I actually don't mind like the 1970s like western suits that are made out of polyester um properly cared for they can be great but there are some of them that have this um padding in the shoulders you might know this um 
Angela, like, or Abby, like, what I is can that feel like? It's on my home. fingertips right now. I can feel oh, it. <laughs> okay, so it turns into what they call devil dust. Have you guys heard of devil Ooh, dust? That is my bane of my existence. Thing. It's like it is it's the like, worst. What is it? It's almost like the feeling um, when you get like all those little micro particles from insulation. Oh, when they yes. like get all over you, except it's worse. Like it's that insane. You literally can't get rid of it. No, it's everywhere, <laughs> and it gets like into your skin, and um, it's a weird color. It has a weird smell sometimes, and it's mm-hmm. weird. It gets everywhere. That that is definitely and. Also, I should say it's not really a fabric, but cigarette smoke. Yeah, like I just like I actually don't even like people that smoke. Great, it's fine. Like it doesn't. It you you know you shouldn't, but you know you're gonna smoke. Don't smoke in a leather jacket. That would just be that would be part of. It is so hard to get out of leather. Almost near impossible. I've done it. Sometimes it happens. I can get it out, but most of the time I can't. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, that's my well, Jen, thank you. <laughs> that's my thing, right? We have to keep this a thing. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Jen, thank you so much for talking to us today. This was amazing. I feel like I learned so much. My gears are turning. Yes, and feel very inspired. So, <laughs> thank oh, you. You guys are great. And thank everybody thank so who's much. been listening to us. If you have not already gone over to Instagram and found us there at Breaking Western Podcast. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram. Breaking Western Podcast. Find Janet Shop from the Past. And we will see you next time. In the next episode. <laughs> <laughs>